Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Toss to Turbin. Turbin's in for the touchdown. Have point, play with some heart, play with passion. Turbin is in. He gets the call. On second down to go and pushes it through, and the Colts have scored a touchdown. My uh, co-host, Bridget Case. Let me introduce our guest to my right, Malik Jackson, starting defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles. What's up, Malik? Like I like the entire coming to America. You finna be, you about to be the king. (laughs) Taking over America. To my bottom right, I feel it. To my bottom right, I got the one and only B Wags, Bobby Wagner, all pro linebacker for the the Seahawks. What's up, everyone else? Well, he's to my right. <laughs> I want y'all to know I'm representing. Uh, uh. Can y'all see that behind me? I appreciate that. Appreciate that. I know. I know. I know it's Denver. I know it's Denver. I know it's Denver, Malik. We came. A, we didn't come a long way, though. You know. Uh, yeah, it's, up, it's up there. So it's up there. It, I, the OG I, days. I, I, I got Yeah, I got to represent my folks, man. Uh, and that. then I was to, to our to our bottom left. One of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement of Long Beach, correct? Sure. Right. James Marks, how you doing, boss? Welcome to the show. Say, I'm doing, man. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Much y'all. I really appreciate you guys, man. We got a lot to, to, to cover. We got a great conversation to talk about. We've been doing these roundtables, really getting into the, you know, what's going on in our nation as it pertains to the protests uh, ever since the thing with, you know, that happened with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, et cetera, all the names that have, that have been going on. We've had different guests on the show. We've had police officers on the show, attorneys on the show, sharing perspectives, different perspectives, learning um, about, you know, how it, how it goes in the legal system from an attorney and, and what are some of the, uh, uh, you know, the things that cops are doing uh, when we had the, the officer on the show. So it's really been great to, to get these different perspectives. This is something that we want to continue today. We'll obviously get into some other stuff, but I want to start today uh, with a fun fact. All oh, right? gosh. Oh, yeah. We're going to start today with a fun fact. Taco Tuesday. Everybody's familiar with Taco Tuesday. You know, it's Thursday, right? I know it's Thursday. I know it's Thursday. Okay. But, you know, All right. but, but, but I mean, I'm here with a white claw. It's not a margarita Monday, you know, taco Tuesday. It's this is right. a white claw day. We want to get to Friday, is, you know, it is so what it is. Let's go move it along. All right. But do you know where the taco Tuesday, where it originated from? The phrase. Yeah. No. No. All right. Legally, it's owned by Taco John's. All right, which is a national taco chain based in Wyoming. Okay, they've issued hundreds. I don't know of, if I'd trust to eat tacos in Wyoming. <laughs> they've issued hundreds of ceases desist letters demanding companies to stop holding Taco Taco Tuesdays, obviously to no avail. So that's your fun fact of the day: Taco Tuesdays from Wyoming. Now I'm there just hungry for it. tacos, Rob. You did that to us. Yeah, I'm you gotta go up to Wyoming, get you some uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. 
What? What? <laughs> that's what <laughs> you. That's up. what you get when you go Look to Wyoming. Nah, I said Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> he goes and hangs out with Kanye right. West. You know. All no out there. No well, James. James, I want to start with you. Um, you know, you, you're the founder of the BLM movement of Long Beach. How did that come about for you? What are some of the things that you guys have been doing um, over the course of this year, the protests and everything? Oh, man. Well, uh, a good friend of mine named Don Marcus, she, she started her, Audrina Richardson, Richmond, and uh, some more females. And I saw how they were out there putting their bodies on the line, standing up for men. And I noticed that there wasn't really too many men being involved in it for whatever reason, you know, uh, whether it was different ideologies or principles of tradition, have you not? And my thing was, in so many movements, we've, al- we've always seen where there's always been something, whether it was a religion, where you go back to Martin and Malcolm, whether it was like, hey, I'm a Muslim, you're a Christian, that, that separated the movement from getting strong. So me, I just said, well, I'm going to get behind these sisters because they're out there fighting for me. And I- Did we lose them? I don't know. He froze there, but uh, I, I mean, I, I feel what he's saying. Oh, we're, we're reconnecting. I mean, everyone, everyone's switching around here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. there we go. James, you're back. Continue, please. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I've always had a passion, you know what I mean, for community as well as the empowerment of uh, black people. And, I, and I'm someone that uh, has really experienced uh, systemic racism on all levels from uh, being involved in the juvenile system seeing different things uh, in the South and hearing different uh, folk tales from my family in the South. And that right here in Long Beach, we're doing some great things, man. Uh, you already know we're shaking the city up right now. We're doing a, uh, we ne- we've been able to be real progressive. We have a thing that's going on right now called the Framework for Reconciliation. That's reconciliation and reparations for the Blacks because mm-hmm. Long Beach is one of the most racist societies that there is in Long Beach. Uh, let me give you a few examples. Uh, for the last 15 years, blacks have been getting displaced out of the city of Long Beach at an alarming uh, 10% rate each year. So now we remain to only be 12.9% of the population. And then when you look at every statistical category that there is, blacks, when it comes to everything's good, blacks are at the bottom for poverty, home ownership, uh, school dropout, incarceration, recidivism, and all that. But when you look at the statistical categories of everything that is bad, we're at the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's it, it's been a ride. Not only that, concerning the uh, the reconciliation, the framework, but we're also getting our uh, system change. When people think of Black Lives Matter, they only think of uh, well, these people are out here, you know, mm-hmm. just out here protesting. You know, it's much deeper than that. We're going, we're we're addressing uh, police sanctioned, uh, state sanctioned police murders, police immunity. We're addressing uh, different uh, things in the system that exacerbate and promote racism and preserve it as well. Not only that, but here in uh, Long Beach, we've also been able to uh, affect change to the fact that we've we've had uh, we have what you have here called the Citizens of Police Complaint Commission, to okay. where you have that is when you when you file a complaint against the police officers, then it goes to the Internal uh, Affairs. From there, it goes to the uh, CPCC. And, from and this there, is something that wasn't that wasn't there before. Before no, the this was there. this system here has been a corrupt system. It's been in, it's been in place for thirty years. But now let me give you this. When you file a complaint against the police, it goes to Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs sends it to the Citizen of Police Complaint Commission. And mm-hmm. guess who makes the determining factor of what happens? The city manager and the city attorney. 
Come on now, they right. work hand right. in hand with the police. And, and, and what, we le- exactly, what we learned last week from an attorney is that, that those city attorneys, the guys that you mentioned, actually work with the police. I mean, they, they, they go to lunch and things like that together, right? So it's difficult. I mean, think about it. It's like it, it, it's difficult to put your quote unquote friend right behind bars over something that they did, whether it was legal or illegal. Malik, I want to go to you here. Do you think we're making progress at all since the George Floyd murder with the movement? Um, first, thanks for having me. Um, do I think we're making progress? I think we are. Um, personally, for me, I feel like it's a little slow. Um, I understand the, um, um, you know, I was a judicial system and, uh, and all that and things have to go, um, in a certain way. But, um, when you have people shooting through a door and killing a woman in her own bed, and then you have poor people laying on a man's uh, body and killing them as he's pleading for them. I don't understand what's taking so long. So, uh, for me, it's, um, it needs to be hurried up and we need to get some, some real answers. Cause, uh, unless we put those people behind bars and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be worth anything. And, and, it, and it's kind of funny because uh, black people are still being killed uh, even after that. So yeah, uh, right. it's one of those things. Arizona, that, uh, the guy in Arizona, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things like, you know, um, what's what's really changing, you know, you know? You know, there's been things coming out. There's been all these petitions and things like that that you can sign, right, to try to help with what's going on, to bring justice uh, you know, for some of the people who have, for some of these victims, really, who have been killed, some of the families. Uh, Bobby, do you think those are really effective? And if not, what are some of the things perhaps that you feel would be effective uh, for for the movement moving forward? Um, I think some of the things are effective because I feel like, um, you know, the families, you know, as you know, come from, you know, not much. So, you know, any financial help, um, you know, I feel will help them as long as they actually get in the money because a lot of people have some of these funds and, and maybe they don't get to see um, the money. And so as long as they're seeing the money, I feel like it would help. But um, I think what will help everything would, you know, police stop killing black people. I think that would be, uh, you know, the biggest help. Um, but I feel like it, it's a lot going on, kind of like what Malik was talking about. Like, uh, do we feel like things are changing? Um you know, you might feel or see a little bit of a change, but it's not much. It's not moving at a pace that it should be moving. Uh, people are still getting killed. You know, police officers are still being put on cameras. You know, we're seeing new videos every single day, mm. you know, even after all this. So it's almost like um, it's almost like they took it as a challenge um, to see, uh, you know, maybe they I don't know what they're doing it for, what the reason it is. Um, I feel like, you know, it starts in your city, starts in your community. You got to work in your community. And, you know, go from there. But, um, you know, if you take a snapshot of what's going on right now and rewind it um, to about 2016, literally the same type of killings are happening. So, wow, um, 1980s. Yeah, even that. And I'm just saying this is 2016. And so there was a little bit of a different I feel like there's a little bit of of a different uh, response, um, probably because of coronavirus, probably because people are not working and they got you know, their eyes and, and maybe time. But, you know, my, my thing that I'm interested to see is what happens when the world starts starts back up again. There's no coronavirus anymore. Um, will people still have that same attention? And will people still be focused on trying to make it make something and do something to better this uh, community and this world, really? Right. I think to say something to Bobby's point about getting paid, I think that they, I think a lot of people think they can just throw money at people. You know, I mean, coming from where I came from, if I 
wasn't um, as well taken care of as I am, a hundred thousand dollars would seem like gold to me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So like, I think, I think the state and really it's our tax money going to pay for these issues. So it's one of those things that I feel like, um, I think the money thing is an issue, you know, maybe when we had to stop hazing, you know, if you haze, they took your money or, or they put you out, you know, it's one of those mm -hmm. things. I think the same thing needs to be to them. You know, I was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, watching, uh, Trevor Noah and, uh, I know this, but, um, you know, please get incentives for interacting with gang members or, or, or giving out tickets. You know, it's one of those things that there's incentives to, to, right. to put people down. So and, I they, feel like, and they have know, a quota to meet by the end of the month. Yes. And I, and I, and I feel like you're supposed to drive past the concourse that's to protect and serve. Yet a third of the population is scared to death when they ever see a black and white car. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I have no guns in my car, no uh, drugs, you know, but every time I see a cop, I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? Right. So it's one of those right. things like, uh, I hope it can change soon, but just throwing money at people, I I, I feel like seems to be a, a thing they do, and uh, and it sucks because uh, it's my tax money getting paid to these people. So perhaps one, perhaps that's one of the things that could be changed. We haven't had that topic on our show yet, as it pertains to the police, as it pertains to um, the quota. Why? Why is there a quota? Why does there even need to be one? Say you need to write this many tickets per month in order to. In order for your salary to be, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't know the rules behind it, right? But yeah. if they don't meet a quote, the certain quote, I'm sure there's some sort of penalty, perhaps behind that. Maybe that's something I mean, that. I feel like it goes to the whole reason why the cops are mad that they want to be defunded, and I think defunded is a is a uh, is a term with a lot of things under it. But what does defunded name, mean to you? To me, real, reallocate, defunded. right? If you want to sit here, we can sit here and reallocate funds, put funds back in the community. Um, um, and stop, stop giving these cops incentives. You know, I think, I think the reason why they do that is because they get funding from the government. I guess the worse your community, the more money, the more SWAT gear you get. I, I personally don't know, but, uh, it seems to me when you got people processing and then you got all this riot gear, you know, it, it's kind of, um, overwhelming for people just, you know, trying to stand up for something they believe in. So, so then do you believe more in, in reform? Would you say reform is the right word or, or do you think, because most people who say defund, yes. I mean, they really want to get rid of the police and yeah. go for a, a, a community type uh, no, situation. That ain't going to work. That ain't yeah. going to work. You know, the neighborhood I mean, watch. I mean, basically we go ahead. Go ahead. In a, in, a, in a real world, visually we like that, but we know that's not possible. So right. we talk about defunding, we talk about divesting, and reinvesting because when you look at the majority of the police forces, they're getting uh, at least forty-eight to sometimes sixty percent of the uh, the budget. And then when you say uh, you look into the community uh, programs, we're saying okay, they're do they're getting called to do work. The mental health workers and community intervention workers that are went to school got degrees, they can't even get jobs because the police are over overstaffed and over doing too much overtime answering these calls that they don't even really want, but they want to control the budget. And so when we talk about uh, defunding the police, that's what we're talking about, reinvesting into the community, into community uh, intervention, community uh, neighborhood programs for kids, things like that. Mm -hmm. Counseling at schools, because I think like what Buddy right. said, in his view, you know, you we sit here and we know these kids have problems at home and in school and on the streets, but we just let them keep walking. I know when I was in high school, I never saw my counselor. You know what I mean? Whether it be a stigma thing or right. just uh, standoffish, but if, you know, if you, as kids, and we're going to talk to you if you're cool and, and, and you're with us and we feel you're with us. So, you know, I, I think it's that. But instead, we have cop cars at school. You know, it's all about force. And then you wonder why these kids see things and then they go do it. You know, so it's, I don't know. 
Well, James, but, James, one of the most infamous cases that I remember in Long Beach was when Brian Banks was arrested and put in jail for um, it was was rape. And, you know, guys like obviously, you know, he was a football star and had a scholarship to USC. And then I know um, even later on got an NFL trial and, and some time with the team. But seriously like to me that that was such a local um case at the time and something that was so mishandled by law enforcement in the community and of course there were apologies and such but but not enough to really you know bring back somebody's life and this is a good kid here when you hear something like that where it might not be something that's um you know a guy who's out uh maybe driving around and a cop's taking him but it's somebody who needs to listen to somebody's word right and and racism comes into play where does your mind go Ooh, my mind just relives so many different uh incidents and traumas that have been uh my community has been under when we talk about long beach police again we talk about a few years back they were the fifth most violent police force in the country now they, i believe they're the second most violent after fresno in the state of california itself so when i hear about that mm. i also think about uh the state-sanctioned murders, such as my partner, Dante Jordan, so many other people that have been killed and murdered by the police. I also think about uh, my first incident at 12 years old, mm-hmm. getting uh, sitting on a bus stop, waiting on some females to go to go home, and we're just being gentlemen, waiting on them to go home, and the police pull up, drive on the curb, put our hands behind our back, put our hot heads on the, on the, on the hot police car. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there's so many different incidents that we think of outside of the Brian Banks case here that involves uh, police brutality and uh, police uh, mistreatment of community. Right. I mean, a- absolutely. When you guys hear something like that, do you recall, Bobby, Emily, do you recall a time where racism really came to the forefront and you realized, oh my gosh, like this is, this is real because Rob and I have had this conversation so many times. There comes a point when you become an NFL player or a celebrity, a type of star where people think, oh, you don't experience racism as much, but that's not really true. No, it's not true. People always say, boo-hoo, the rich guy's crying. You don't have nothing to worry about. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm, 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 or I've no, heard, I'm, I'm, I've I'm heard the enough. term also, you're not, you're not black enough. I've heard that one. Yeah, I mean, um, it's one of those things that I just think, you know, you watch um, Boys in the Hood and all these movies. I think it's one of those things. These people just took a page out for, for my guy's partner in Long Beach. They just took a page. It seems like the whole, like, we never learned from the Emmett Till situation, right? Um, We've been getting lied on. We've been getting treated. We've been getting uh, being assumed we're a certain way, and uh, it's 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 overwhelming. You know, it, it sucks, and uh, it needs to change, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, as it pertains to the league, you know, the NBA they kind of did this thing where their players now that they're at the bubble for the games, they can put something on the back of their jersey as you know representing something from the BLM movement. We haven't heard anything from our owners um, in pro football. Chairman. You know, I, I'm sorry. Our, our chairmans. Ch- our chairmans, excuse me. Our chairmans. And so, does that, you know, Bobby, does that make you feel, you know, some type of way uncomfortable, perhaps, that, hey, you know, the, the chairmans uh, of our team are, are, are perhaps not in support of, uh, of us? And the second part to that question, too, is, you know, should the NFL. Uh, do something similar to the NBA where players can, you know, be open and speaking out. I know they do like the my cleats in week 13 and stuff like that, but perhaps something every week that they can do representing the movement. Um, 
honestly, I don't feel like it makes me feel any type of way um, because I feel like people that are not connected to the situation, I can't expect them to feel uh, the way that I feel. But um, for me, it's just more so like, um, it's kind of like what Malik was talking about earlier. Sometimes like we get so caught up in this um, idea where it's like, I'm going to throw money at the situation. And once I, I, I throw a little bit of cash, you know, no, I've done my job. I've done yeah. my job. I'm good. Everything's all good. So same thing with the, uh, you know, with the jerseys and all those different things. It's, it's only temporary. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you put you put mm -hmm. a name of somebody that 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 has been killed on the back of your jersey. You support them. You recognize them for that moment. And then, and then what? You know, there can be people that apps that could care less about about anything that's going on that put a name on the back of their jersey and feel like they did enough. And so right. I, I think it's just, um, it, it's, it's more like, don't, don't miss the point. You know what I mean? The point is to, um, you know, affect positive change and, you know, get us moving in the right direction. Now, I, I think it's a, a great gesture, but all it is is a gesture. It's mm -hmm. uh, something that's, that's not sustainable because then you get into the fact that there's, there's way, way more people that's gotten killed than maybe the three headlines that, that, we, that we've seen recently. And so right. you just focus on, we can't just focus on, you know, right now. We have to make real change. That's uh, from schools to economics for blacks to there's, there's a lot of more impactful things that we can do. So my, my focus is not necessarily the representation of a name on the back of my jersey or things of that nature because I feel we can do so much more um, if we get out there in the community. Yeah. My, I think I have, to, I have to say, like, for the, for the chairman, like, like Bobby put it, um, they're all hiding behind the shield and the logo. Not, but besides Mark Cuban, I haven't heard too many owners come out. And I don't know if he has, but I'm right. sure he has. Um, had too many individual owners come out and uh, put their mouth or their money behind it. It's all the NFL said we're going to put what 120 million over 10 years. That's mm -hmm. some something like that. And in the number, yeah. if I looked it up, it was like under it was 800 thousand each owner. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you know when, when we're when we're talking about things like this, it's like you got to doing the bare minimum. Right. Just to Absolutely. just to show, hey, I care. And you're hiding behind the shield. And uh, as athletes, man, with that jersey thing, I think the NBA came up with six, six things they could put on the back of their jersey. Yeah. Um, but but at the end of the day, it would infuriate me seeing my seeing somebody else wear my son's name or my last name, that jersey when he should be out there doing that. You know, what I'm saying we're acting like like I'm I'm not that man. You know, what I'm saying I'm I'm Malik Jackson, you know, so putting this man's name back in my jersey. Yes, my brain you know, uh, make some people happy. But at the end of the day, he should still be alive to do what he wants to do. So um, I'm confused in, in putting a name on the back of the jersey. Now, the league also said that... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, James. Uh, I, I, I want to add to uh, what Malik and Bobby said. You can put a name, and this is something that we use down here in the community and what we call the hood. You put a name on the back of a shirt, on the front of a shirt, guess what? That does not ease the pain of what had happened to that family, that family, that pain is never erased. It's just like going to a funeral, losing someone you love and the impact that they had in that family and that community. That does not erase anything. And then back to the NBA, they're so hypocritical. When we talk about the NBAs, they went through the same thing the NFL went through with Kaepernick maybe 15 to 20 years ago when, when my mentor, Craig Hodges, was banned from the NBA. And when Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was banned because he didn't want to put his hand over his heart because he understood that that, that third stanza was very hypocritical and racist within itself. So the NBA, they're hypocrites just like the NFL is. Wow. The only thing is, wow. they, they, the only thing is they address this issue 
maybe like 15 to 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And no one right. wants, so when we talk about these things, we have to rem- rem- be reminded of the context of history and the fact that hi- how history plays an important part of this. I also feel like the owners in the, in the league need to come out and stop saying Black Lives Matter. We need an individualized um, yeah. um, statement, you know, because you're saying Black Lives Matter. Oh, that team is good, man. They're with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, everybody sir. else is already saying that. So obviously, like, come yeah, on. But nobody's doing anything. Exactly. Where are your actions? Well, and, and I, I have a question. I have a question for all of you guys. Honestly, hold on, hold on, hold on. go ahead, Bobby. Uh, I was just saying the thing that we got to do is really just pay attention to what what is the aftermath? Is that after all of this happened, you've seen every corporation, every business, every team, everybody put out this amazing statement, good or bad, and it's like, what's the follow up? Like anybody right. can write a statement, anybody can say you know, say something, but it's like, what are your actions to follow that? Like, what are you doing to match the words that you put into paper? And so right. that's important too, like, and I agree like with, talk. And I agree with you on that, Bobby. And that was part of the reason that I got with Black Lives Matter is because I've seen the women putting their bodies and their lives and their freedom on the line and get, you know, just, just getting assaulted by the police. So I, I had to step up and uh, get behind our sisters as well because it's what you said. What are they doing other than words? There have mm-hmm. to be some type of action. And that's what I say. So when you say that, when we see these women going out here saying Black Lives Matter, putting their lives on the line, and other races as well are partnering with us to do this. Now, we have to ask ourselves as men, and we got to go and talk about athletes. When will we take a stand for something and say, okay, just like when uh, everyone tried to condemn Kyrie Irving recently. Kyrie said, no, we need to stay in this moment right here. We do not need to play sports. But everyone is uh, going against him for whatever reason. You know, they're trying to uh, buck for position. Let's just call it what it is, you know. So, but, so do you feel like the so, NBA so when do people? So when do people take a stand for something? I mean, we're out here taking a stand for our lives, and it's not even about me. It's about those who come behind me. I have a sports company. I can sit back and be comfortable. But guess what? One thing I cannot do is do is sit back and allow this place to be left the way I found it. And that's just so being a like man. The, I, so you I feel like, like the NBA sorry, shouldn't have a season. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Malik. Go ahead. I, I, I feel like, you know, it's one of those things to his point. We talked about, you know, athletes take a stance. If you were to ask me, what, 2013, I believe when Kaepernick took his knee, mm-hmm. if I was doing it, I would have told you, hell no, because I don't have a check. I'm still trying to provide for my family. I've worked my whole life to get to this moment. You right. ask me this year, I'm with you. You know right. what I'm saying? I, I believe in it. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm speaking out. But, you know, it, it comes with. Is it I because people, you're fine? Is it because you're com- financially comfortable now? Is, it, it, is, it, is it, that it, the difference I, for you? I, I think I think it's because I, I've, I've learned like it's it's not about. I see one. Y- yes. And two, because I've, I've learned like you have to be willing to lose something. And back then I just I just wasn't willing to. Right. right. So I was like, that's you know honest. what? But that's now real. that's real. But now I'm like, you know what? F this, bro. Like. I have a I have a platform now. I built myself up. So if I say something, I can care less what people think. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm here now. I'm I'm awoke and uh you know, I'm ready to do my part. You know, speak out for the people that are young and that want to say something, but the um what did you call what did you call the owners? The chairman. The chairman. The chairman. The chairman are, are alienating people. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree with that term, bro. I, I actually really I really, I'm going to start using that my, myself. Um you know they they, they they alienate people, right? So it's one of those things. Hey, you can you can stand for BLM, right? Like you got the owners. We'll take knees. We'll stand together. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Yeah, we'll right. see. Bridge, you we'll had a question guys... that you wanted well, to ask earlier. Well, I, I mean, before I asked what I was going to ask, now that you bring this up, Malik, um, I, I am so interested with how higher members of Congress, maybe mostly older people in the more like 70s, 80s range. I'm thinking like Nancy Pelosi and, and a lot of people who are on TV and in the media a lot. Uh, when I saw them kneeling in the, and I'm like, I'm going to mess this up. I, I can't pronounce it. What is, what are they, what is it called? The, the, ke, the Kenya, the can't. Uh, it's the colorful scarves. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah, I understand. So, yes. Thank you. So when there were a bunch of white people kneeling down um, and thinking that that was their way of taking action to me, like, like I am a little bit confused and seeing like, well, is is that really like something that, you know, says, Oh, you know, I, black lives matter. Or is that just a, a, a photo op, a, a stunt, you know, the like same thing the president did when he went, when he moved out, all those people out to go to the church, you know, mm-hmm. when you have power, they have true power in this country, right? We have me, Bobby has power. I have power. Robert has power. You have power. You guys have this show. It's a platform, but the people that have true power just to say, I'm going to take a knee. It's, it's one of those things, like, you know, it's, it's almost a joke, you know? It's like, exactly, like you, that's the thing. stand with us, make laws, right? If you stand right. with us, change it. Because they drive through the same neighborhoods, right? They, they uh, it's, and, and, and it's funny, I, we celebrate Juneteenth. We, we got out of slavery a long time ago, yep. you know what I mean? So to be still asking people to make laws or, or stop beating us. You know, well, we and, a lot of, and a lot of African-Americans didn't even know what Juneteenth, Juneteenth was until this year. Yep, and that's the same. That's real. That's real. So. You know, James, you talked about the NBA. You know, do you do you feel like just just going back for a second? I think you cut out. Oh, there he is. Do you think the NBA shouldn't yeah. have a season? You think you think the season shouldn't happen for the uh, movement? No, I don't think it should happen at all. I don't think no sports should happen right now. I think the whole world. I think uh, when we look at the uh, the COVID and everything else. I think that let's not, let's not even let's not even take COVID into consideration. Let's just say, but, but, but I have to look at the, the me. I look at everything. Me, I look at outside the box. I look at that happened for a reason to slow everything down to get yeah. to this moment. Nothing, nothing that is happening is happening by happening. Not chance. as many people would be out protesting if COVID didn't happen. Excuse me. Oh, I just was commenting on your your point that not as many people would be out protesting if COVID weren't. Apparent. I don't know. If, so I, I don't know. If that, I don't know if that to be true, though. No, because think about it. People are home. People aren't in the office. Lots of people have lost their jobs. So a lot of people have more time. But that, but that, 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 that George, George Floyd, you know, video was was horrifying. No, absolutely. But I, I mean, I, I agree mean, with her. I agree with her wholeheartedly, man. It's one of those things. Uh, when that young boy got killed by uh, Trayvon Martin, got killed. Yep. Oh wow! And then that was a young man walking the street. You know what I'm saying? Like doing his own, minding his own business, you know? And uh, people went to work, you know? Because we, I think the one thing we have to say, one death is a tragedy. Um, a million is a, wait, one, anyway. Yeah, I, I just think I know, we have I to know just you're focus. Gone. Yeah, we just have to just like, and, just and, stop and for a minute. Me... Go ahead. Go ahead, Big I think he's frozen. I think it's frozen. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, straight about Martin, man. Crazy. So, but go ahead, bro. Organizing and strategizing to get to this moment. We didn't just stop with the movement. Black Lives Matter didn't just stop 
Although everyone right. else stopped and went back to their normal everyday lives, we did not stop. We kept strategizing from Australia to China to Africa, preparing to mobilize in this moment right here. And it just so happened to be George Floyd that sparked this moment. But we have never stopped the work. When you go down here in L.A., every Wednesday we're down here, uh, fire Jackie Lacey. We're, we're at these, these crooked politicians. We're at their doors every week, two or three times a, a day, two or three times a week, and sometimes seven days a week. We're camping out in front of their yards uh, requesting policy change. And those are the things behind the scene that people aren't seeing. So this is none of this is happening chance. These things that are happening were already written and they were already prepared and uh, strategized to happen. It just so happened they're happening in this moment. Let me ask you this, you know, since you being one of the founders of the BLM movement in the Long Beach uh, area, some people believe that the that the that the movement um, is scarce per se, for lack of a better word. It, it, it's it's communistic. It's owned by. Uh, people who uh, really don't have good intentions uh, at heart. What's your response to that? Have you heard that, first of all? And secondly, if you have, what's your response to that? Amen. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> Froze on us again. Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got you. Are you with me? Let and me tell you, you, man, I've heard everything you could possibly think of. And I'll tell them uh, that's all lies. We're out here taking care of ourselves, funding ourselves, creating our own streams of income coming in. And some of these women who are doing it, they're business owners and mom, everyday people. So let me tell you, uh, you can't believe everything that you hear in the Long Beach mm -hmm. chapter. I think well, every time a black person yeah. tries to step up and, and talk for his community and, and, in, and in doing so, condemn or talk about another group of people, it's always put down as he's being this, he's being that. When you're just proving a point and you're, and you're telling it how it is. You know, um, nobody wants to hear the truth. People don't want to. You talk about slavery. They say, get over it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. But if we can have a hard talk about the past and where we are now and how it's similar to how we're supposed to move forward. So, yeah. Very, very well said. Absolutely. I think some people are confused, though, because they don't understand the difference between the movement and the foundation. Right. So, so James, like, like, how do you explain that to people? Good question. The difference between a movement and a, and a foundation? The Black well, Lives Matter well, the, Foundation. Well, Black Lives Matter. Okay, the difference between a movement and, and a foundation, a movement is something that is continuous, as I just spoke of, that you don't see the things that are happening behind the scene, the organizing, the strategizing, the continuous, uh, continuing to call out these oppressive and systemic racist systems that exacerbate trying to tear down these infrastructural systems that uh, continue to promote and preserve racism. And then we talk about the foundation. The foundation is the heart of the people where it has always been. You cannot, and it always goes back to the intent. And let's, let us just not uh, say nothing that this is just, uh, this is nothing that has just started. The foundation started back in the 50s, 60s. Not only that, it started way back in 16 to 1800 when slaves were jumping off into the, uh, the Atlantic, trying not to come over here to be, uh, bound by these conditions. The foundation was laid during the re rebellions of Nat Turner, uh, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, uh, so he, many he different, uh, Nelson Mandela. The foundation has always been laid. We're just a continuum of that foundation standing on their backs, uh, their shoulders, and walking in the, the footsteps of greatness, continuing that. 
Mm-hmm. So the foundation mm-hmm. has always been there. Well, See, but I to did- say that, I, I feel like to say that, um, I feel like it's weird because, like, and, and I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I think, like, for example, right? We talked about the 1950s. If you, if you grow up now, I think uh, uh, um, a, a white person that feels like you know they're supposed to be in power, they say, "Well, why am I giving up my power now?" You know what I'm saying? Why should my son not have this? Why should my mm. grandkids? You know, this is this is my right. You know, my daddy taught me that. My granddaddy taught him that. So it's, it's one of those things like those ideals are passed down. And so when the person can get in power to make change, it's almost like, well, well, my daddy had it. So I don't see the issue with it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I, I, I personally think it's something like that, man. Like we have to, um, yeah, just, you know, and in schools, they're, they're not even teaching black history. We have it for what, a month? You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, real, and, yeah. and, they're, and they're, they don't tell you about slavery. I, I believe now they're talking, telling kids it was a, unpaid internship you know but we know all these other people's history wait, what? right wait 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 i'm sorry look look it up man they're they're, 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 saying, they're what? saying they're not they're not telling the real story about slavery is my point yeah it's outrageous but but, but my point is but my point is that's the problem right all we know about uh, black people i feel like in the past is that there was slavery and uh they're lazy right that's all you hear about <laughs> right that's 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 what I hear, right? So it's like if we don't tell people who we are, how we worked, how we came up from the ashes, how once we got free we did this, did that, then people aren't the, the, the mindset isn't going to change. So we have well, to start teaching. Uh, one one thing to add to that, yeah, and, and be quick. All I say is um, sometimes I feel like um, you know we feel like we started with slavery, mm-hmm. like that's where our that's where we pick up on the timeline. That's not the case. We was kings. We was pharaohs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I'm saying it was Queens. Um, so let's make sure we remember that, you know, we, we have a spiritual, very deep connected to some powerful, powerful people, powerful, powerful beings. And so there's a reason 100%. why they kind of disconnect you from that um, yeah. connection. 100%. Why do you think there's such a disconnection, Bobby? Act that. Um, I'm so- because I feel like there's... Um, you know, they see the potential if we tap into that that uh that that type of power. They don't want us to they don't want us to tap into that that type of energy, um, that type of spirit. You know, they want us to see what we were um before all this happened. So um, you know, that, that can be a, a long conversation, honestly. Yep. And I agree with you. Uh even when you go into the school book and look at the racism in school, when they say or even in the media, when they talk about Martin Luther King being killed, he wasn't killed. He was assassinated by a racist. Mm-hmm. Let's tell it like it is. And it takes uh, having a real conversation and looking at the things that they, the way they are and let's stop sugarcoating them. Absolutely. I do want to shed light on, you know, some of the things that have been transpiring in our nation from a positive standpoint as it pertains uh, to the movement. You see some states, some counties, some cities are doing what they can. We had a police officer uh, out of Kansas. Their department developed, uh, you know, he became, I think it's called a, uh, like a, uh, basically he's like a teacher. Like he, He's so, a training officer. Thank you, a training officer. So new officers come in, you know, his job is obviously, you know, train them to be officers you know in the mm-hmm. right way now obviously you're always right. going to get some guys coming in with with certain mindsets they want to be one way one way only and perhaps you want to try to weed those guys out of there but there are some counties some cities states trying to make some changes 
in a positive way as it pertains to the police and the movement. So things do improve um, over time. Now, I know that we don't really want to be like our patience is run thin over over hundreds of years. Uh, But it does look like to me just a little bit that things are kind of tilting in that direction. As long as we keep, you know, our, our, our foot on the gas pedal, uh, um, I think we'll start to see some things start to turn over in our favor. I, I, I don't know if I should be excited it's in Kansas or if I should be, it's just Kansas. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what the black population is in Kansas. You know what I'm saying? So right. if we can make these coastal cities, maybe the Bible Belt, right? People always want to be all super religious and stuff, but it's the South. So right. if, if we can move those some places where there's a lot more black people, then mm-hmm. I, I, I feel happy about that. And, and I thank that guy in Kansas. You know, let's just start 100%. spreading this. Yeah, yeah. He actually, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, he actually, you know, wanted 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 me to pray for him. He asked me to pray for him mm-hmm. so wow. that he would do a good job. You know, he's like, man, pray for me. I want to do a good job. I want to do right by the, not just his department, but police in general, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it was a great conversation. He talked about, like, cops when they're young and, uh, you know, they struggle with, you know, the older, the veteran cops having a little bit more power. So if they see right. something... Kind of like right, Malik, you know, how you said you wouldn't have kneeled back in the day. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they have that, uh, that same... Um, but that, uh, that's different, though, uh, because they have, they have a right to do the right thing. They're sworn by oath to do the right thing. Right. I get paid to put people in the dirt and tackle a guy with the ball. <laughs> so it's, it's, it can't be the same thing. You know, I, I just I just can't accept that because that's their job to protect and serve. They are civil servants in my I believe I use that right term. So like 100 percent. It's our acting like that. So. 100 percent. 100 percent. Well, we're going to have we have a new guest coming on. Dr. Kamoya Johnson. She is. uh She's the uh, manager at uh, Restorative Justice Program uh, out of Oakland, California. She's going to come in and share some insight. Uh, but until she comes on, I kind of want to transition, uh, you know, to some NFL stuff. Let's talk about the season. Uh, season coming up, 2020. Obviously, we've been dealing with COVID and everything like that. And we'll get back to uh, – we'll go back and, and, and talk about some of the, uh, you know, social injustice stuff once she comes on, but are we going to have a season? If so, do you feel like uh, it's going to last the, the entire season? Um, and do you feel like we even should? Bobby, I'll start with you. Uh, we'll definitely have a season. Um, I feel like there's too many billions on the, on the line. You can tell the way the chairmans are negotiating, um, you know, that they don't want to lose out on this money. So they're going to find a way um, to make it possible. You know, they've been very, um, uh, they've been very focused on making sure they're not the ones to change the deadline to push anything back. They want to be the ones that um, are able to kind of fight this thing. Um, a thing that, you know, not too many people seem to be winning against. Uh, but I would be surprised if we, we didn't have a season um, for that simple fact. Uh, but there's a lot of things that goes into it. Player safety, um, you know, the help right. of the guys is being out there. Um, there's so much that goes into it. So, you know, at the end of the day, players do have to look out for themselves because you, you can tell by 
um, our negotiations, where the minds of the chairmen are at. When you have people out here and obviously like, you know, you, you talk to some people, it's like, look, if you're between the ages of this and that, you have nothing to worry about. You'll get sick. You'll get healthy. That's not the case. I know the percentages of deaths are, are, are really low, but when you have that there, I mean, the opportunity is there where you could possibly pass away. Is it worth risking everybody's life, essentially, for a season? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a very heavy question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, talk about the people that you're speaking to. Majority of leaves black. Majority of leaves come from nothing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are, are trying to support and take care of their families and, you know, generationally change um, the financial situation of right. their family. So, right. um, I mean, it's not I asked, easy of a question to answer. Yeah. Um, well, I, I asked that question sitting here ready to play, you, you know, know if, the opportunity, if the opportunity presented itself uh, for me, I, you know, I'd be willing and, and, and ready to go. Yeah. But, but, you know would want some sort of guideline, obviously, for us to be able to get out there and play. You know, Leek, you had some you had some interesting things to say on your Instagram the other day. Hadn't heard anything from the league. They hadn't put out any statements. You talked about like, listen, you can't you can't you can't be six feet away from some from 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 the right tackle coming around the edge, sacking a quarterback. Um, what's your take? Yeah. Um, I think I have to piggyback on what B. Wag said. Um, they won the season. It's about money. Um, I think it's an interesting thing for me when you look at American businesses. Um, it's my understanding that the NFL got small business um, loans, I believe, $15 million each. Um, and, and it's funny when we talk about how much millions the team is going to lose when they're going to get bailed out by the government. So it's one of those mm-hmm. things that, um, you know, we sit here and we can talk about how much money they're going to lose. And when this, this, and that, but you know, back back to the first point we made, when we have nobody that looks like us in those meetings, how can we truly say these people care about us? You know, it's a monetary thing. Uh, we've been going through these meetings, uh, fairly no new information at all. Um, we always hear some negotiation, but how can you negotiate my health? Right? What what is there to negotiate? Um, put some stipulations, put some things down to where if I can opt out, or if I do get sick, I get this. You know, um, if I if I if I do get sick, I can't get cut. You know, it's just it's just so many things. Um, yeah. And I, I believe the NFL is only looking at monetary. Um, but in, in, in for me, um, somebody who pays attention to, to politics, you, you're going to get bailed out. Now, you might lose a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's still America's number one sport. It's not going to go anywhere. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's hard, man. You know, and especially on my post, I also said, um, I believe every owner is over 40. And I doubt they'll be in the building with us. You know, they'll be wherever mm-hmm. they are, drinking their Mai Tais or their White Claws, having a good time, <laughs> making <Hey>. money. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So, like, to put me in the situation that you want to put yourself or your kids in um, is, is messed up. But then, you know, we play in the NFL. When have we ever follow rules? You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those mm-hmm. things that that's who we are. You know, we go back, they're going to say, uh, the, um, you know, if the NFLPA told us, you know, if things aren't up to par with the health code, you know, tell us what was filed a grievance. Yeah, but do you I think these NFL coaches are going to say, hey, this is the best we can do? You know, what are you going to tell a young guy, right, that's going in his third year that wants, that's about to make his check? What do you think right. he's going to do? You know what I'm saying? Well, you got somebody right. like, like yourself who's, who's itching ready to play, right? right. 
If, if right. I sit out, or, or you think somebody else isn't going to come behind me and, and, and play, oh, I'll play for 100000 Shit. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, to get the opportunity. So, you know, right. it's like the movie The Replacements. You know, there's already been a movie about this. You know, they're going right. to bring guys in to do the job, to get over this, and then they'll move on. So, Absolutely. they don't care about us. And James, you know, I know that that you 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 had a stance earlier in the show about listen, I, I don't think the NBA should have a season, so I'm sure you don't feel like the NFL should have a season. But what do you say to the guys who essentially need to take care of their families? You know, they they can't afford to sit out a season. Now, I know the NBA are giving they're giving their players the option, and it seems like if they opt to sit out, they'll they'll still get their salary. I don't think the NFL will be so kind. They they've never been so kind like that, never. you know. And so they paying B Wags what thirty a year B? You think they're gonna let that boy sit out? <laughs> yeah, all right. You know, guarantee. You know, they should. In my opinion, they should. They should. They should. If but. if a player is like, listen, I for the sake, I, I've got a kid with pneumonia or asthma or whatever. I don't I don't want to risk it for my family. The they should take care of the player. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But we know, we know they're not going to do that. James, what do, you, what, do you, what do you say to, to, to that? I know that you want to focus on the movement and COVID and everything like that. But what about the guys that need to take care of their families? I, I say this, uh, and you have uh, DeMar Smith, who's the head of the uh, NFLPA, correct? So I think that all right, and then they just did, what was it, the collective bargaining this year or last year? Okay, year, so yeah. now mm-hmm. within that time, not only this time, but the last uh, CBA, this should have been a system devised to prepare guys, not only that, but not only to prepare them, but also to give them uh, an outlet and some support in times like this, in case there's a, a social cause that comes about or even an emergency to where, you know, they're paying dues to do that. So then me, I have to look at, again, at the leadership. Who's leading these young men? You know what I mean? Like, who, who's sitting there? Allowed, and that's and and again, that's why I started my sports and brand development company was because I would see, and I, I come from Long Beach, Long Beach Poly High Sports Illustrated School of the Century. We put out more NFL players than any school in the century. And what I noticed was this: as a trainer and a mentor of these young men, was that a lot of these young men would go on to the collegiate level, go get degrees that didn't mean anything, go on to the professional ranks, play two, three, four, five years, come back, didn't manage their monies right, but guess what? When they came back, I had to look at them. Them was my partners or my homeboys. Them was their nephews, their sons, or their, or someone else in their family, or just someone I knew from the community. So mm-hmm. I would end up mentoring them, helping them to uh to get their how can I say it? to get their confidence back, to put them redirect them and put them back on the right track. So what I noticed was this: was that it was almost like a uh, for better terms, I would say pimp and prostitute system from what I saw. I would see mm-hmm. these these uh when they get to the when they get to college, these coaches would uh introduce them to their cronies. They would uh meet people that didn't look like us, wasn't from our culture, didn't care nothing about these young men after they retired, and they would use them up and wouldn't prepare them for life after. And then they would send them back to the community. So I blame uh the play the players uh association as well as uh those around them. And 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 I think even me as an older man in this community. I, I have an obligation to look out for the younger men that come through the uh, the same ranks that I come through. So I think the older players, you know, they, I don't know exactly. Like I know B-Wag, as I said, he's done a lot of great stuff. He helped my guy 
Rashad Penny taught him the ropes and Rashad's doing great things with his family and the community out here. But I think it has to be a collective of men that just say, hold, hold up. This is what we have to do. We have to prepare for war because understand we're all living in a war that we were born into. And this war can start at any given time. But we have to prepare those who are coming into uh, the league and not only in the league, but those who are being born into this life to understand this. Now, I will say this, you know, you mentioned, you know, there should have been something in the in the CBA in preparation for. I would argue and say that it's hard to prepare something, prepare for something that has never happened before in our lifetime. But you as a leader, you you as a leader and as an elder, you as a leader and an elder, you understand life, life in itself. There's nothing new under the sun. So you, you can't say nothing has ever happened. Hey, they've been killing us forever. Hey, they've been getting ready to go on strike how many times? So there should have been mm-hmm. systems in play to where even when they when they do say, okay, there's a holdout. Guys don't have to go and get these uh these gassed up uh loans, these mm-hmm. predatory loans that they get from the banks. Do you understand what I'm saying? There has to be something, and you have to start with the leadership because, and that's what leadership does. They have vision and see things that happen before they happen, whether they happen or not. Just like the guys that's on this panel. Hey, they're professional players, but guess what? They're visionaries. They see, hey, I want to prepare and make something better for my kids and my great, great grandkids that I'll never see. So I'm going to sacrifice my body and everything that it takes. That's visionaries. And if not, then you need to get rid of it and put someone else at the helm. Like, do you agree? Do you feel like there could be? Oh, go ahead, Bobby. No, I just agree with Oh, yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel there could, could be improvement? With, with with our with our P. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a there's a lot of things that they do that is really great. I mean, um, I've I've experienced I've I've gone to DC. I've been at the offices. Uh, some of the things that I've been able to do with my MBA stuff like that have come through uh, the 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 PA. Sometimes the younger players aren't really attentive to the yeah. opportunities that are presented to them uh, by the PA. But obviously. There, there may be some things that uh, that they can 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 improve, especially from from a leadership standpoint. I'm not really high on our on our leadership to be to be. I quite think honest, you got to the NFLPA. Oh my bad. Go go be like. No, you good. I, I think I think we have to understand. Um, NFLPA is going to tell you, oh, it's not our job. We do enough, you know. And I'm not trying to, and we're not talking bad about the PA, but you know, we have to be real, you know. Um, yeah. And they probably tell you, Malik, come to our office. We'll show you what we do. You know, they give us opportunities to go meet people and do things. And I get that, but you shouldn't start when I'm here, right? If you're getting these kids out of college and that's your pipeline, then you need to show these kids how to write a check, how to pay a rent, how to save, if you had a hundred dollars, save, uh, I was going to save, save 20, (laughs) save 80 and spend 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we need to start lower because all these kids say, even me, when I was, when I was growing up, Oh, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. So I know I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get this. Not understanding who uncle Sam is. You know what I'm saying? You have Uncle Sam you never met until you start making money. Uh, who, uh, you know, your family is, who your agent is. Um, you know, you just have so many vultures coming out. And, and, and I think it's up to, and, and, and to the agent point, we have so many people that don't look at like us ever representing us. And as you get through the NFL, you realize these people are snakes and, and truly clowns, you know, just predators. Um, and so, you know, but the NFL still allows them to work, still allows them to get on, still allows them to, uh, you know, to, to do people wrong. Because the NFL um, chairmen are in cahoots with these guys, right? You give me a kid, right? Bobby Wagner, great talent, uh, man, 
second deal. Hey, man, let's do a deal. Let me get them for 50, 50 mil max, 35 guaranteed. Come on, talk them into it. We can do some other deals. We'll do something else. All right, bet. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to talk to them. That gets done all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I, I think it's a lot of these, a lot of this, uh, I guess it would be systematic to be a correct term. But uh, I, I just think it just starts from, from the top down, you know? Mm-hmm. And we need to look at these college kids and start teaching them. No, I, I, I agree with you, Malik. And, uh, and now we have to take a deeper look in t- inside of this. Okay, let's go into the Antonio Brown uh, situation. When Before he left the Steelers, he demanded, what was it, guaranteed money. Guess what? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, his, his agent who is in cahoots with the NFL knows what he wanted. So therefore, his agent should have made sure that he had guaranteed money. He didn't say I want guaranteed money with stipulations. He said I want guaranteed money when I sign that thing. So in mm-hmm. other words, these agents are being snakes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when he signed that contract, Drew Rosenhaus, who I've done work with, he knew that certain stipulations was on that contract, but he didn't make Antonio Brown aware of that. You know why? Because guess what? He's good friends with those NFL players, with those NFL owners. And he understands mm-hmm. players come a dime a dozen. And when the players mm-hmm. leave, guess what? He's still going to be doing. Boy, you lost your audio right there. Boy, I got a, yeah, got yeah. a thousand, got yeah. a thousand players. And, 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 and how can you talk to a thousand players if you're one guy? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. If anybody knows contracts, it's Bobby. Go ahead, Bobby. You were going to say something. <laughs> money. Talk to me. Um, I think that's kind of, you know, where we at with it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, from a leadership standpoint, it's up to us as players that have been in the league to pass the knowledge down. But um, I think it's also on us as players to not rely on people as much. You know, we rely, we rely on the NFLPA. We rely on so many different people to even agents, financial advisors, things of these nature. We rely on them people so much so that we handicap ourselves. And by the time we have, you know, there's the like with that Antonio Brown situation, you say, oh, um, you know, the guaranteed money, things of that nature. Like as a player, you should understand your contract enough to where your agent shouldn't be able to get anything over on you. You should be able to catch that. You should be able to catch, you know, something that they're doing that you're not okay with. But um, we don't do a great enough job of educating ourselves on, um, you know, uh, the agents, financial advisors, anything like that. It's just a, it's just a, a um, a thing that we have to change because you got to understand like we come from a lot of guys that come, you know, they come from nothing, make it to college, get through college, um, make it to the league. They go from having no money at all to having a lot of money. Instead of learning about how money works, they give it off to a financial advisor and trust them and let them do it. And you're not learning anything. So you don't really learn how to understand money. You don't really learn how to take care of your money. So by the time you're done with the league, like say a guy plays 15 years, if you're 35, had millions, and at 35, you're just now starting to learn about money, it's too late. You know, same thing with the agency business. It's like, you know, you should never sign a contract you don't fully understand. If you don't fully understand, don't sign it. Or make, uh, you know, try to either educate yourself or you should have an agent that you trust that you feel like, uh, you know, he's going to tell you all the intricacies that, um, goes into that contract, but kind of like to Malik's point, you still, you know, you never go, there's a lot of conversations that are happening with the agents and the chairmen or the agents and the GMs that you're not sitting on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always yeah. look at it as it's two negotiations. It's one with you, the 
the agent and the team, and it's one with the agent and the player. But agent has to talk to the player if you're taking that deal. Why that deal? Do you think that Patrick Mahomes then understood his contract or that he no. got screwed over? I mean, but he no. is one of the most legendary agents in the league. No NFL player should be worried about building a team. That's not the player's that's not the player's job to worry about getting people around yeah. you. We come here for one thing, yeah. that's to make money for our family and put it back in our communities. What the hell am I worried about getting Joe Smo for? And I, they won't even get the Joe Smo you want. <laughs> You're not even in the decision making room, right? So it's it's one of those things that that's a prime example. I'm glad you said that. I, I love his contract 503, I believe. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Over 10. I don't agree with that. But, uh, you know, for us, I, Bobby said, man, we're not all that cerebral, right? Nobody wants to say, oh, they see the big number. That's why when you get older, you see, oh, uh, uh, $100 million contract. Oh, shit, I made it. 20 guaranteed. It's like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's, like, let's, let's stop. Let's stop. And that's the problem with the NFL. It's, they, they throw the big number out there. Uh, he made $503 million over to with this much guaranteed. It's like, come on, man. I, I would say that's not all the NFL. I think that's media. You know, that's, oh, that's the oh, yeah. relationship between okay. media. That's agent and media relationship. Yeah. You know, you know our agents like, have relationships with the media guys. So they yeah. say, hey, just say this. Give me that so number. The, uh, contract, the contract could be for 90-something million, and the agent can reach out to the, the, the media guy and say, hey, I want you to say 120. Yeah, and so they yeah. just see the number one twenty, but then you look at your contract, you're like, ah, oh, man, it's thirty million missing, like from what you said That's on the uh, on the TV screen. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's a deeper thing, man. It's 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 just we have to be aware and we have to be conscious, and we have to have intent and be mindful of what's going on around us. We can't be oblivious. We can't think that everybody is is uh, it's unfortunate, but we can't think everybody is side. on our side and wants to. Yeah. To build up, you know what I'm saying? Because even like in this world, you know, everybody's going to say the right thing. But will they yeah. do the right thing is the thing that you should pay attention to the most. You know, I feel like I mean, the I problem, my bad, my bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Malik. I, I feel like the problem is in every business, right? There's a thousand uh, radio show hosts. There's a thousand stores you can go to. There's a thousand businesses that do the same thing. Except when you get to professional sports, there's one, right? They have mm -hmm. the pipeline. We can't make any decisions. If you want to leave, leave. Where are you going to go? Canadian football? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing else to where we can really go. To like, you know what? I don't like this, so I'm going to go here. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, we, right. we, we can't do that. And, that, and that's so we're like, take it or leave it. You, do you think for a young player, you talk about understanding your contract. We talked about not being involved in the conversations when you're negotiating. Could a young player request to his agent, like, hey, I want to be on the phone. I want to be on three-way when you're negotiating my contract. Of course. I'm, I'm sure they can, but I don't they know. don't know that. They don't know that. Of course. And I won't even go deep. I'm not going to go that. I'm not even going like to really dive into that. But at the end of the day, understand, they work for you. Yes. You don't work for them. So you pay them. So whatever it is that you want, you get. If you can't get it, don't pay them. Yep. Period. Mm -hmm. Like if and you ain't, if you want to be on a, if you want to be in that meeting room and you want to be on that phone and you want to do whatever it is you want to do, you paying a person a percentage of your your income. So if I'm paying you a percentage of my income, I get to to say what 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 goes down for that percentage of income. If it's something that you don't agree with or you're not, that's not what you want to do. Then cool. Like you're not the person that I'm gonna hire. I'm gonna pick my person. And I think yeah. that's too. Like we can't settle for less. 
we got to hold people accountable to what they say. And that's exactly. every facet of the yeah. world. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not even just football. That's right. Yeah. That's a good point by Bobby. You know, or a good question. You know, I think it's it's one of those things when you get in the league, the agents make it feel like they you work for them, right? Hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, this, this, and that. But um, yeah, I think we definitely need to change that. But you know, we all we all know how what it means. You know, your first you get that written contract, bam, it's set. As soon as you go for that second contract, you're gonna find out what those people think about you. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out where they see you. And yeah, I think, you know, yeah. it's, it would be a good thing to sit in those meetings, you know, because now you really see what they have to say about you, what they think about you. They're always walking around that building. Hey, how you doing? Malik? Oh, three years. You're good. Contracts? You want what? You're not worth it. How much is too much? Come on, man. Let's work with us. You know what I mean? It's like, get out of here, mm-hmm. bro. You know? No, I agree with you, Malik and Bobby. Uh, You got the agents all in the video. You know what I mean? Uh, They, they need mm-hmm. to come on over here to death row. No, no, seriously. But uh, <laughs> Bobby, I think... uh. You negotiated your own contract, didn't you, Bobby? If I'm not correct, mm-hmm. I did. Yes, sir. Okay, so now we we talk about current and coming forward. This even happened just the other day when you had a guy like uh Nick Cannon. He he's talking about he want his show back. Hold on, buddy, you signed that away, but you got a partner that's been your partner for thirty years. You mean to tell me? But you got to understand, Nick Cannon. Just as we all know, uh, entertainers, uh, athletes, and workers. I I work. I work a nine to five. So we're all just a dime a dozen. We just, uh, Johnny come lately, so they don't care about us, but guess what? They're going to continue this business and we got to talk about racism because we have to, because guess what? Those people nine times out of 10 that are doing that, that's their skin color and they have a name. Their last name is connected to that, the other people's uh, origin of where they come from. So again, we have to uh, continue to uh, educate our families and educate ourselves. And I say, what's the use in having people around you if they're not going to be of value and uh, uplift you to where you don't have to worry about these things. But uh, I think everyone should take the approach that uh, Bobby Bobby took and educate themselves and learn about, hey, the intricacies of the deal. Because I'm, my, my, my saying is this. If I can make the money, I can keep it. Mm-hmm. I don't need nobody to talk about my money. That's, but I see, to your point, brother, man, I think you're old enough to where you understand financial, right? How can you tell a how, how's a kid coming out of college... I've been doing well, this since I was a kid, since I was, selling, know, how, since I was selling flowers on the side of the freeway. But if your mom wasn't making millions, how could your mom tell you? Are you going to be like, yo, mom, you wasn't making this, right? I showed my mom my uh, tax return. She's like, oh, shit, I haven't made that in two years. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with, when people don't make that much money around you, I, I think a lot of kids be like, you know what? They don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they kind of be like, ah, whatever, you know? So, it, it's like, who's teaching these kids, you know, daily? You know, because me coming in the locker room with a with a rookie, like, yo, what's up, big dog? You good? Yo, make sure you save about eighty uh, percent of your money. You know, twenty percent you spend on. <laughs> you know, save, save about eighty percent. He'll be like, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm I was say then do they do they walk away from you because you're no fun? No, then they pull up with that jag, and I'm looking at them like, bro, you can't afford that. You live in an Whoa. apartment. How you paying for your mom? You know what I mean? It's just like right. You just yeah. it's like ah, leave, bro. You well, then at me that. and Bobby like, oh, I'm gonna be like that now. I I did that when I saw Bond. I was like, oh shit. I'm doing that. I'm getting these Louis bags. I'm getting this yeah. crib. I'm getting these cars. And then I looked yeah. at the zeros in our, our checks. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm missing a, a lot. So, you know, you've got to be real with yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where you, you, you start to use examples. You know, it's one thing to, to, to tell a young guy something, but then it's another to actually back it up with facts and things that you can use experience. You know, yeah. to say, hey, the reason why I'm telling you this is X, Y, Z. 
let me tell you what the mistakes I made. Let me tell you what I did, where I, where I, where I messed up. And that way, you know, eventually. But you know, some people got to learn the hard it's, way, brother. It's about, Absolutely. It's about Absolutely. Me, it's about leadership and guidance. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like, you know, taking care of a kid. It's almost like, you know, uh, a teacher or this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have to have the patience. You have to have the want to to try to educate someone because if you expect them to get it on the first shot, then you're selling yourself short. It's not going to happen. You got to keep doing it. Keep giving your time. Keep sharing your scars. Keep trying to, uh, you know, let them know that you want to see them do right and this is how they do it and let them make their mistakes. But the thing that you, you're not trying to stop them from making mistakes. You're just trying to minimize the mistakes that they're going to make. And that's the, right. that's the main thing that you want to do. Because if you come to someone that has been excited about spending this money or making this money or having this car or having this house, and you, you come up to them and say, no, you can't do that, they're going to fight you. But if you find a way to, to elaborate what you're trying to say and try to minimize the mistakes that they're going to make and understand, you know, think bigger. You know what I'm saying? We think in being rich right now versus being wealthy later. It's the difference Absolutely. between those two words. You know Absolutely, and there's a reason why you know uh, Bill Gates and all those guys have the money that they have. Robert Smith. Let me say something like black too. And so, um, you know, we have to again as leaders, as you know, people that have wealth, come from wealth, have um, you know made those mistakes. We have to be able to have that patience with them as well, because I'm pretty sure at some point in your life you had somebody that was a mentor to you that you did not listen to right away, mm-hmm. but they stayed focused they they put in the time and at some point it clicked now you just trying to make sure that that whenever that some point that click is a lot sooner than you did and if it's sooner than you did you won 100 100 players campbell players campbell come to me when i, when I was in jacksonville oh. his first year i'm like how much money are you saving how much money you got i got this much i got this much how much money are you saving what you doing what you do what investment you got it's like yeah. Like every, I mean, every day I'm like, damn, play sell my finances, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but boy, like, no, but that's great leadership, though. Yeah. Exactly. You realize, what's up? Like, he gets you thinking about it. That's you know what's what up. Mean? You get a lot of players, man. You get a lot of players only focus on them, themselves. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, facts. I mean, or focus so yeah. much on taking care of their family, they don't realize how much they're dishing out to the people who don't yep. care. Like it that's might be no. friends and all that. Everybody's at a different stage in their life. So their ears not, might not be their ears last year might be different than they are this year. So you have to be mindful of that. Everybody's not ready for the information that you're giving them. But if you continue to give that information, at some point it will click. And when it you know as it clicks, we'll start seeing some changes. Our money manager, me, me and Bobby's money manager goes, um, don't if you you want to you want to live how you're living now when you're fifty. You, you if you if you can live how you're living now, yep. buy the things you're buying now when you're fifty, you're good. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But if you're living how you're living now and, and, and you, if you lose it by your 50, you're, you're done. You know, you're going to be done. So, Absolutely. yeah. Exactly. All right. Exactly. I want to, I want to, I want to take a quick break. We'll, 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 we'll stay with the NFL with our next topic just briefly. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, we, we should come up with a name for this, like Turbo Trivia or something like that. Like, you know, like T squared turbo trivia. You will call it turbo trivia for today. I like that actually. Turbo I trivia. Actually, I, I gotta hop off. You know, what I'm saying. RB Wax. I appreciate you guys. It's been Thank a, a, you. an amazing conversation. Um, no respect our opinions. I'm grateful to be on here. Turb, my dog, my you brother. Know, you already know. For life. Uh, yes, sir. Everybody right. stay blessed. 
and uh, stay safe. Absolutely. I appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Let me just... All right, y'all. That's B-Wax clocking off. And then there were four. Yep. Yep. Guys, I'm going to hit y'all with this trivia. I don't know how much y'all into music. Okay? This is a a music trivia question that I got for y'all. All all right? Um, Actually, you know what? We'll save this for the end. Since Bobby hopped off, we'll save it for the end. Yeah, we'll save it for the end. I'm gonna, you got, we, but you got me so excited. I know, we, good. We've been, streaming, good. we've been streaming for a minute and 12 minutes, so we only got like 15 minutes left. That's all right. Let's talk about, I, would, I, I just want to real quickly talk about the Redskins, the name change with the it. Redskins. You know, guys, it took me a little while to understand the reasons of it because for a little bit I thought like, well, you know, Redskins, I thought, I thought maybe Wait, hold on, was, Rob. Can, can we, I want to get their opinions first though before you and okay, I go in, you okay. know, right? Like, yeah, okay. Because you and okay. I have had such good conversation about this right. for a while. Right. That it, I feel like it would right. sway, you know? Yeah, James, you know, we'll start with you. What do you think about the, the Redskins changing their name? I think it's a good idea for them to change their name. Uh, unfortunately, it took all of this for them to change the name. And that just shows you again how embedded racism is in the fibers of this country. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Is there a reason why you feel the name should have been changed, should be changed? Oh, yeah. Uh, it should be changed because it's offensive to, the, uh, to those of that the Indian heritage. And the only reason it's being changed now is because you have uh, corporate sponsors like FedEx and others saying, hey, we're going to put these $100 million uh, endorsements away, away from me. You know what I right. mean? So now they want to do it. But that's the right. sad part that they would, uh, that it would take money and not, uh, they wouldn't do it for the right reason, do the right thing for the right reasons. Right, right. Malik, what do you think? What do you think about the name change for the, for the Redskins? Uh, Ms. Bridget, can I call you white skin without you being offended? I'm I'm not I'm very not offended. I get offended with by sexist but, jokes. But my, but, but okay. Go for it. But my point is like calling anybody call oh, me a black Oh, oh, you meant oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You meant I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. But call you, but hey, also skin. yeah, black exactly. But like, also it's extra to? but also redskin is extra offensive because that's how they actually referred to them like yeah. back in the day. So it's well, not, in a negative way. In a negative way. And I add, it's not go ahead. word. It's everything else that they've done to those people. They skinned right. them, scalped them, and did everything else. So it's what comes with that why they were doing it. So let's and gave them, gotta continue gave them, to put in the historical right. context. And gave them dead lambs. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Exactly. Wow. They're being called red skin. There's a reason. The red, like, the red skin means something. That's like saying, I don't know if I said the niggers. Essentially. Right. They're calling these yeah. people by a wow. derogatory term. You know, now Black Hawk, Indian, you know, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with those if you give giving money to the, to, the, to the nations. But right. Redskin is totally unacceptable. See, Totally unacceptable. And, and, I, and I learned that this morning because at first mm-hmm. I thought, you know, honestly, I thought I'm like, man, like, isn't it kind of empowering the, the Native American, you know, culture, you know, or whatever? And then I found out that, well, the, the actual term redskin, similar to what you said, Malik, is like saying the N-word. Like, it's, it's, it's a derogatory statement to that culture. But it's confusing because so many people have tried to make it so positive over the years. That's why it's so confusing and people didn't know. And also because the craziest part is that when they were first forming the logos, 
they worked with somebody from the closest Native American tribe to form the logo. So they think it's okay. And well, it's you, like, you know what I mean? It's like us saying the N was the term of endearment. Right. You got me, you got me fucked up, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's nowhere near term of endearment. It's right. Like, now, if you said Negus, N-E-G-U-S, okay. But to N-I-G-G-A. Like you talking about no, Michael, Michael Blackston? <laughs> yeah, but but by no means is is the N word um, a yeah. term of endearment, in my opinion, it, it, and neither is is that an acceptable term. Um, you can give you can give people, especially when the white man killed these people in that capital. You know what I mean? It's like holy shit, you know, like what the fuck. But I don't know. For that to be the capital and that to be the name, the Redskins, it's almost like you're kind of laughing at them. You know right. what I mean? The like, fact that it's the capital, great point. Like mm, I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't yeah, even think so, about that. 100 percent Yeah, you're so, almost like saying this was their land, but mine right. now. Right. Well, they've come, they've 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 got a couple options. I think I saw like the Warriors or the Senators, something like that. You guys got any suggestions for them? There was like the Red Wolves or something. Why are we why don't we move away from the sharks? The uh land, I don't know, like let's get an animal. Why are you trying to pick a people? That we've destroyed and continue <laughs> like their 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 women are getting taken at alarming rates. Are the are the Redskins organization giving money to find those people? Like what are we right. like what are we talking about? You yeah, know what I mean? I feel you. I feel it's you. crazy. That's this real. Isn't the nineteen. This isn't the twenties when it's when it was okay to be to be like this and, and right. it's acceptable. You know, it's not right. Okay, not. Malik, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Then, uh oh, I'm we gonna put you on the spot. It, it's coming. You know it Uh-oh. is, but, he, but here's your time. Okay, so e- everybody saw D- Deshaun Jackson come out earlier this week with the stuff he posted, and it was pictures of, of fake quotes from Hitler, and a lot of people were saying that, you know, he was supporting his action. It was very confusing, and people were all over the place, and a lot of people were very angry. With your response and how you felt like you handled it on social media, what do you want to say to the people, and where do you think Deshaun's mind was? I think his, I think his mind was to thought and have a conversation. You know, it's one of those things that, as like I said earlier, you know, we can't talk about the past. It's almost like, oh, don't say his name, you know. But when we compare it as a people to not even compare, like you can't even compare the two struggles, right? But to try to put them parallel to each other it's almost like one you don't even talk about we leave it alone yet it's in every history book these people have their own communities they have a whole right. country that no other country is in they have their own state the american move the americas moved their capital to israel to to, to, to pretty much kick the Pakistan, not the pakistans the uh palestinians you know make them less than it's like but then we say slavery get over it you know reparations oh get over that you know what i'm saying it's, it's almost it's almost like well, back to DJ. I, I think it's, it's uh, he just wanted to promote conversation and thought. And, and I feel like what, what did the organization do when Roddy Cooper called, said the N-word? They gave him a new contract that same year. So, mm. you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost comical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, first of all, Hitler, like, are you going to burn every copy of that book since it has Hitler in it? You can't. That's, that's, that's outrageous. So for him to say, no, nah, I agree he should have wrote something under that to, to, to say how he feels, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, to consider somebody anti-Semite because they're, they um, I have different ideals than you is, is, is the total, um, it's total BS. I think the epitome of America is a, is a melting pot, you know? So it's one of those things that people are going to be different ideas. But as a black man, for me, to feel like great, to call somebody a racist, it has no teeth. 
but you call somebody an anti-Semite, oh my God, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, nah, fuck that, bro. You know, I don't think he meant that. I know DJ, I don't even think he knows what that word meant before today, or before he got that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't right. think that's where his mind was at. Our, our owner is of Jewish faith and our GM is of Jewish faith. He would not that's dare disagree. Exactly. A lot of people, so, and a lot of people didn't even realize that. Well, and, and something that was really impactful to me is I read Jamel Hill art- Hill's article on The Atlantic, and it was really strong. And, you know, she said some things back in the day, even still now, that are very controversial. But the way that she handled um, D- Deshaun's words, I thought, were so powerful, and the way she put them. And she basically said, gosh, I thought I wrote it down here, but um, she basically said that, God, there is this ignorance or um some sort of oh a blind spot like a blind spot that some cultures have to other cultures so that the black culture may have to the jewish culture what do you think of that like we don't like blind side you mean like we don't Think like the blind side to up uh, to like what may be offensive and what may not because like she had said something back in the day that was very offensive and had yeah. to and, and learned and then had to take it back now Deshaun is, is learning and you know he's gonna go and visit a, a um he's gonna go visit a concentration camp with a Holocaust survivor I, I think yeah, what, um you, what, you know when what, what, what does that make you think um it makes one thing that I think go ahead. One thing I think about that is, I think again, you have powers supported in, in uh, white inferiority that are always trying to demasculate a black man. And they're always trying to pull you into their world. Hey, come look over here and look at our Holocaust. No, let me take you to Alabama and let me show you this lynching museum and tell you about my history here that's still going on for 480 years. And I feel like this, if you say it and you can substantiate it, then you need to stand on it. And, and, as, as, and again, as we see my sisters from Black Lives Matter put their lives and their freedom on the line, then you ask yourself as a man, damn, what, what am I doing? When am I going to take a stand for what I believe in? Um, so to because again, as we talk about, they're always trying to pull us into their world. Okay, I understand you. they had... Well, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I I don't think that's the case. I mean, I don't think it's right for anybody to have been kept in a concentration camp in less than eighty years ago. I don't think it's right either. But I don't think I don't think that it was right for uh, someone to call a family and a community out there while one family has a picnic and the other family is over here watching while they put horses on one side and one side and pull their bodies apart strictly because of the race of the, the skin of their color. I don't think that's right. I don't think I mean, it's we right to use babies for uh. Alligator bait. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right that uh you have people you have Brock Turner who received probation and you have another man who received thirty years. I don't think it's right. Yeah, I think back to that. Back to that. It's one. It's one of those things that uh. I think. I think if we can, really, I think the Jewish faith. I, I personally envy envy them because everything they came through almost got decimated. They came back. Um, they stayed to themselves. They they. You don't hear about them, you know, harming each other. They're a straight community. They spend their money in their own communities. They have their own schools. Absolutely. They have, they have everything, right? So I personally envy that, right? So I think D-Jack was saying, or I, what I'm saying is that I want that for my community, right? But mm-hmm. when you have somebody in uh, Palmdale, a black man that got lynched, and they're talking about it was a uh, suicide, it's almost hysterical. 
you know what I'm saying? To, to, to be like, oh, um, to, to, to think that. So, so I, I personally think that, um, huh, like I said, it's hard to talk about the past because everybody's so sensitive. Like nobody wants to talk about the hard things, but we as black people, we have to live it every day. You know, we want to talk about, we don't even know our history yet. These group of people have their own history exactly. in their history books. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we don't know anything. Exactly. We have a month, if that, a day, really. Right. So right. you talk about and Harry you Tubman said, and, my, and my, Harry Tubman and, and uh, Martin Luther King. And, and and adding to what you said, uh, Malik. Of course, it's okay for everyone to glory and to glorify. Even when you talk about, I have uh, Armenian business partners. Every year in Los Angeles, they have Armenian. Uh, genocide day but when it comes to blacks oh no forget about it forget about it do you understand what i'm saying the hypocrisy but we have to we have to have a real life conversation and people are going to be uncomfortable but this is the reality and everyone is always trying to compare what goes on where they were with what's going on with us every day there's no comparison nowhere on this earth to the way black people are treated everywhere across this continent there, when we go to Leopold, cutting off kids and killing kids based on the fact of they couldn't uh, get rubber. Come on now, let's be honest. So what we have done is we have dehumanized the black people and we victimize and humanize everybody else. So let's just be honest. What about us? Right. Yeah. You know what? And yeah, those are great perspectives. I, I mean, you guys are really, really passionate. I really appreciate like the the, the passion that you guys have and in, in, in speaking about you know, what's going on in our culture, you know, and just yeah. being honest about it and, and speaking the truth. Um, you know, we're, we're gearing towards the end of the show here. I want to shift gears. Uh, let's do something fun. Um, I, I put some things kind of, together. Kind of, um, take my facial expression. I'm all like <laughs> fucking frowning. Man. <laughs> I put something together. Uh, I had a game for us. It's called Who Said That? And uh, it was going to be based on Kobe, LeBron, and Michael Jordan. Uh, but I'll do the trivia. Let's do the trivia that I had here. Yeah, because I'm sorry. I gotta, I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. It was this white claw that did me in. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta feed this, I gotta feed this little girl. So I'm, I'm, a, um, yeah, I gotta bounce. Yeah. All right, so, well, yeah. let me do, let's do the trivia real quick. Okay. Uh, five artists, five artists who have had a song in the top 40. Okay. Five artists who have had a song in the top 40. In the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. Can you name? Five? All five. All five. All four of those decades. Five artists have had songs in the top 40 in all four of those decades. In the 80s, 90s, and 2010s? Yep. Can you name who they are? 2010s. Wait, wait, 2000s or 2010s? Sorry. Both. Both. Oh, four decades. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, four decades. Yep. Michael Jackson. Michael. Okay. Michael Jackson. That's one. It is. Yes. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Is our, that's one. Is our, is our Kelly not one? I'm gonna stop saying his name. Oh, R. Kelly is definitely not one. No. Oh. <laughs> Try. I mean, wait. Is Whitney music. Houston one? Or would Whitney, that's not? close? Oh. But no. You gotta think about it. You know, 80s, they were popular in the 80s, 90s. Come on, James, it's your generation. Big dog, what's up, man? <laughs> For real. <laughs> in the 2000s, a couple of these are going to surprise you. Uh, um, ooh. Aerosmith? Uh, no. Good guess, so, though. The Isley Brothers? Another good guess, no. Madonna? Oh, duh. Madonna yep. is one other one. So we um, got Michael Jackson and Madonna. 
We're talking about pop artists. Share? We're looking at rap. We're talking about Share's a good guess, but no. And it's all genres. It's all genres. None of none of them are hip hop. Michael okay. Jackson, Madonna. I'll give you that's another one. You too. Yeah, no, that, that's who I was thinking of. That's what I meant. You oh, too's another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on. Don't say the last one. There's two um, more. There's two more. You too, Michael Jackson, Madonna. There's two Can more. Can you give us genres? I'll give you a. Uh, the next person is also a comedian. Know, and he's big weird. Big. He's weird. He's weird. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, there you go. Weird Al no Yankovic. No way. Yes. I've never heard yes. of him. Had, had a top 40? <laughs> oh, my God. Top 40. <laughs> All four decades. Okay. What, song does, decades. Have in what song does he have in 2010? Uh, Probably one of those weird, like, where he, he had, like, you okay, know. Okay, the last one is Z, U2. U2, the group U2. U2. He, he already said that. I, I said I said you two. I said you two already. That was a good guess, though. I said you two what, already. What What's the genre of the last one? And then we'll so, wrap it up here. So, uh, so Yankovic first top ten Billboard album, straight out of Linwood, and single White and Nerdy were both released in two thousand six. <laughs> oh, I remember White and Nerdy. Oh, <laughs> His latest oh, album, God. Mandatory Fun, was in two thousand fourteen. Okay, okay, the, la- okay the last. Okay, the what last time? one is the last one is a saxophonist. Plays a saxophone. Mm, Jazz. No very po- very popular. Yes, you do, Malik. Yes, My mom listens to him. Probably. Can you log in? Okay, that's close. That's really close. First name is correct. Or sorry, I meant um Kenny uh Can you go by first name? Kenny, Kenny, Kenny oh my gosh. Come on, you said Kenny Rogers. Guys. What you're saying? No. Kenny, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Kenny G. Kenny, Kenny G. G. Yeah, G. Yeah, that's what I meant. I <laughs> meant. I meant Kenny G. I James was Kenny no G. help. James was Kenny no G. help. <laughs> hey, that's who I meant. That's who I meant, though. That's who I was thinking. Hey, but that's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. G for Gorlick. Hey, at least I got the Kenny <laughs> part right. Okay. Hey, yeah, you know what? Better than me. Thanks. Thank you, me. guys. Thank you, guys, for coming on to the show, Malik. I know you got to go. Got to go feed the babies, man. Yes, I want to thank all the streamers for listening, everybody who tuned in, everybody who was a part of the comments and everything like that. I appreciate the streamers also chiming in in the in the uh, in the trivia. Uh, always want to do something fun at the end of the show, guys. And take make sure care. if you didn't hear the whole thing, go and check out our podcast Turbo Talk on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Go search it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. It's called Turbo Talk. Absolutely. Yeah, and if listen, you also yeah. Thank you guys for the platform, man. My bad. Thank you guys oh, for the yeah. platform, man. I hope everybody, you know, um, out there respects, you know, what we have to say and, and our points of view. I think everybody's here willing to learn and change. But, um, you know, I, I, I just hope everybody, you know, enjoys themselves. And thank you guys for the chance to be on this platform and speak my mind. And, uh, yeah. And again, yeah, and again thank you all. Thank you oh. too, big dog. Got that poo- I heard, got that I heard poo- thank you, got that and that poo- was it. I heard thank they you, got and that, that was poo- it. Tang, Mike, boy. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, thank you all. Uh, and, and again, I don't, I don't condone any uh, racial epithets or any uh, racial slogan or anything for any race. I think that we all just need to take a look and understand each other and uh, the value of what we all bring to this world. And uh, again, everyone have a great day. Peace and love. Peace and love, man. All right. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all. If you guys want to listen, watch this episode live, 
You can just go to uh, twitch.tv slash Robert J. Turbin. You can re-watch the episode. You can also go to my YouTube channel. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Bridget, for everything that you do. The grills in my mouth double as a freeze rate. The grills in my mouth double as a freeze rate. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.